When I was around 12 years old, long before I ever went to college, my parents decided to show me the quintessential collegiate comedy. I got to witness John Belushi get blackout drunk and spy on topless undergrads. And I got to see Kevin Bacon naked and paddled. I even got to see a horse sawn in half. I found it hilarious. I even took the opportunity to grab bed sheets from my room and have my own toga party and tribute. But honestly, what the hell were my parents thinking? I was fucking like 12 years old. This wasn't like He-Man or Ninja Turtles. This was fucking Animal House. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years. Watch it and decide, does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longino. Hey, and it's the continued adventures of the Hold Up in Quarantine. Live from the bunker, or our respective bunkers. Our respective bunkers. We're not even in each other's bunker. We are in separate bunkers. <sighs> I miss you, Nelson. I miss you so much. I, I miss everybody. I miss uh, life. I, I need to hold you. <laughs> I need to caress you. I miss you. Okay, so we did this uh, quarantine special with Contagion, and uh, we got an email from that from our friend, Tyler. He emailed us at holduppodcast at gmail.com, where you can send all of your quarantine emails. (laughs) Tyler writes us, hey, boys. Just finished listening to the podcast for Contagion, and you two hit the nail on the head. Hell yeah, we did. (laughs) Absolutely. I was actually supposed to go to Tibet slash China this year, so I've been following the COVID-19 very closely. While doing so, I watched all the movies slash television shows about viruses, Outbreak, The Hot Zone, and of course, Contagion. That's not counting the documentaries. (laughs) The only thing I can say is that we are all very lucky that COVID-19 does not have the death rate of SARS or MERS. With that being said, once the virus finally hit the states, I immediately stopped watching movies that are post-apocalyptic because our reality caught up to the movies. I finally understood why silent films were so happy. People (laughs) wanted to escape their reality and be somewhere else. People do not want to think about the horrors going on in the streets. I speak for yourself, Tyler. (laughs) I love love drenching in sorrow. No, actually, it is pretty rough. I, I do agree. He continues. Therefore, I challenge you to watch a silent film to see if their silence holds up. Will Mm. they make you laugh in this modern world? Or you should watch Outbreak because that movie was straight up trash compared to (laughs) Contagion. (laughs) That was helicopter porn. Nice. I hope you and your family stay safe and healthy during this strange time. Best tyler thank you tyler wow um well helicopter porn i love helicopter i mean i'm ready you know i remember liking (laughs) outbreak but that was a a million years ago and before we had our own uh homegrown ebola well i always joke about outbreak because now not only you know is it a little dated probably it also has this like rogues gallery of me too'd actors (laughs) 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 
that would give it a little extra, I think, hilarity. I don't know. Or maybe uh, sadness, depending on your perspective. Right. Um, um, silent films? I don't know. I've actually been watching a number of silent films because, you know, with all this time on our hands, we've been going through the Criterion app. And as Longino once said to me, like, the Criterion app is just like wall-to-wall bangers. And you just like, oh, yeah. everything you look at, it's like, well, that'll probably be good. It's a winner everywhere. So we've been watching a few silent films to show our daughter. Um they're still funny. Uh, I don't know if they're funny because of, you know, what's going on in the outside world. I think they're just funny on their own. But I get Tyler's meaning that, like, you know, people went to the movies and, like, during the Depression and shit like that to get away sure. from stuff. Like, like, I remember those kind of movies more being the Depression-type movies where people were like, hey, every, like, I forget which one it is, but there's literally a movie where, like, someone, like, they've done a whole play. It's like one of those, hey, let's put on a show. And then someone runs in at the end and says, hey, everybody, the Depression's over. Yay! And then they all <laughs> cheer and they sing a song called We're Out of the Red. Really? And it's like this five-minute long production number. Mr. Cromwell, I've got great news for you. What's the excitement? The depression is over. The depression is over? Over. Do you realize that? Factories are opening up. Men are going back to work for the thousands. Our farm products are being sold the world over. Savings accounts are heaping up. The banks are pouring out new loans. There is no unemployment. Fear has been banished. Confidence reborn. Poverty has been wiped out. Laughter is down throughout the nation. The people are happy again. We're out of the red. Can't you see the writing? That's on everyone. The worst is over. Here comes the clover. We're out of the red. Was this like a Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland kind of thing? I don't think so. I think it was just one. I'll have to look that, it up. They, they were the kings and queens of like, hey, let's put on a show. Like yeah. They did that movie like 12 times. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler, for uh, writing in. And uh, again, yes, if you want to. Yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at holduppodcast at gmail.com or you can go to holduppodcast.com to see uh, all the links to social media, etc. But we're going to take a hard right turn now and we're going to talk about a movie that has nothing to do with uh, sorrow or <laughs> plague or misery of any kind whatsoever. Toga, toga, toga. We're talking toga, John Landis's toga. Animal House. I've only seen it a couple times, and I do remember that it's about uh, fraternity in a college and hijinks. Well, then this will be a really interesting contrast, because I've seen Animal House dozens of times. I I mean, uh, easily something like 12 or 13 times, probably. Um, but, But it should be noted, and I didn't really mention this in the intro, but the version I saw the most was the TV version that my parents taped <laughs> off of television, which nice. was edited for TV. So a lot less nudity and a couple of lines taken out and and no drugs. <laughs> there's like a there's a marijuana scene that was like completely omitted in the version I saw a lot. So it's still funny. And I think that's as much as I uh, <laughs> made fun of them, I think that's why they felt more comfortable showing it to me as a kid. Right. Was it was like the TV version. Well, look, being stuck in quarantine for over a month now, uh, what my kid gets to see has been slipping further and further. And basically now it's not... She's not going to see any porn, and she's not going to see people getting cut up physically. But beyond that, it's pretty loosey-goosey at this point. So I have no, <laughs> I can no longer judge what my parents did or did not let me watch. <laughs> That's true. It is, it is funny what kind of just goes off where you're like, eh, yeah, you know, you got to grow up sometime. <laughs> take, a, take a seat, kid. All right. Well, speaking of taking away innocence, Animal House. This is our first Landis movie, right? 
I think so. I believe yes. That I don't sounds think correct. we. Well, the funny thing is, I've, I feel like my feelers are up for John Landis movies because a he's kind of a controversial figure, and we can get to that in a second. But also, full disclosure, uh, back in the olden days when I was a working screenwriter, I worked with John Landis uh, on a project oh, of mine. I did not so know that. I have personally interacted with the man, and I have been to his home, and so uh, I can I considered that to be one of the highlights of my life and career. So. Uh, now everybody knows going in, hey, I like John Landis. Surprise! Well, well, I've always had a soft spot for John Landis, and I know I've mentioned this here before, but it's worth bringing up again that uh, my mother went into labor seeing American Werewolf in London. Oh my so he's God. always been like my surrogate, like Godfather filmmaker or whatever. Like, right. I've always felt a, a closeness to him. I've mentioned it now, so I should uh, bring it on home. Landis is a controversial figure because of Twilight Zone, the movie. Famously, right. and I'm not going to go into too much of it, but famously he was uh, directing a action sequence um, where... Vic Morrow, is that his name? Actor Vic Morrow and a pair of illegal uh, children who were working without permits or uh, the the proper supervision were killed in a helicopter crash that uh, was on John Landis's watch. Now he, you know, they went to court and and everything was uh, given its day. Uh, some people think he got away with stuff. Some people do not. There's certainly room to debate that. I yeah. know that at minimum it was a fairly career killing incident like you know not that he's never done anything since but he was a real kind of rising up director and that kind of ended yeah he's a great speaker I, you know you see him quite often at the new beverly or in interviews and things like that so and he always has these great he's sort of like the last link between old hollywood and new hollywood and he's got all these great stories about like oh i remember i was eating with hitchcock and the commissary yuck 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 so he's an interesting fella. And I, uh, oh, also, because I have met him, I'm one of the few people in life who can say that I've seen him not wearing a suit because that's one of his trademarks. Oh, he, wow. he, he never appears in public without a suit, but I have seen him in shorts and a t shirt. So yay me. Well, it's, it's interesting that this film is framed to you as a John Landis film, which obviously it is. It's, it's the movie that made him really famous. But right. for me as a kid, this, this tends to be a gap between you and me and this era of movies <laughs> right. where, where I never thought of it as like a John Landis anything. It was just the goofy movie Animal House. Right. Well, I mean, it is one of those movies, though, that if I had seen it early enough in life, I probably would feel the same way because it was before right. my time, too. It's an, like 1980 or something like that. It was a 70s movie. Yeah. So, I mean, easily it could have been just one of those movies that I'm like, oh, well, I know the movie. And then later in life, I figure out, oh, John Landis did that. Great. So, so like, I want to say that the film takes place in the 1960s. And that it is made in the 1970s. See, I don't remember any of that in particular. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't remember much. I'm I'm fairly confident because it's kind of that genre of like people. It's like people that are now older are writing about a time they already experienced. Uh, Okay. You know, kind of like, I don't know, The Wedding Singer or a million other movies you can think of or that are like Days to Confuse. You know, to, American Graffiti. Right, exactly. American Graffiti is a perfect example where many years later, you wouldn't even know like, what year it was made. You just kind of know it's happening in the time it's set in, but is in fact made, you know, a decade or two decades later. Or right. What do you remember about Animal House? John Long. Uh, I mean, a, a, honestly, a great deal. Okay. I, like, I, like I could run you down pretty much most of the movie beat for beat. Now, to be fair, I have not seen it in several years. This is a movie I consumed a lot in my youth. 
and right. watched a few times in my kind of young adult years <laughs> and really dropped off and haven't seen since 2001 or two or something. Right. You know, so it's been like 18, 19 years. Since and probably I've seen the last Hellmouth. time I saw it also, like, I think yeah. I saw, I, I vaguely remember seeing it in college, but I can't remember any of the circumstances except it was probably just, you know, Hey, it's moving. I put an animal no. house, Blah. But, th- but uh, to give you the, ge- the general, like, what is Animal House about? Uh, from my memory, Animal House is a, a, it's sort of the granddaddy of college humor movies, basically. Like, it, it's, it's, I think National Lampoon's first movie. Uh, I could be Was wrong it? about that. You might be I, right. I think so. You're probably right. Because it's billed as National Lampoon's Animal House. Right. Which the National Lampoon was a was a Harvard uh like newsletter or something. I don't I don't know. It was I'm like a Harvard familiar. magazine, but it became like a radio show and a bunch right. of other things. It's sort of a comedy brand or whatever. It was but, a magazine the, too. Like it became like a nationally distributed right. magazine, so but I think it's their first movie and it's basically about so the the main characters are sort of incoming freshmen going to this college that are pledging to get into fraternities and they try to pledge their way into I forgot the name of it but there's some like big super popular fraternity and they won't have these guys right so they're kind of shopping around town and they find themselves going to the Delta House which <laughs> is basically this ragtag just like burnouts and losers, <laughs> you know, uh, sort of fraternity that then in, in true, you know, 70s and 80s cinema fashion has this kind of rivalry with the other fraternity. They're getting into antics with the dean and and they're, they're all just sort of losers. And it's very silly. And it's really probably best known as John Belushi's like biggest movie, at least. Right. I mean, he's not the star of the movie. But he most certainly steals a vast majority of the movie. He's certainly right. the funniest thing in the movie by a lot. Well, and then in, there, in a movie with a lot of funny people in it, right? And then he that allowed him to sort of dovetail into a movie career of his own, including like the Blues Brothers and shit Correct. like that, right? Okay. Correct. And was he on SNL at the time? I assume he was, yes. or maybe very soon to be. Uh, no, I think he had. I think he was actually. He's on SNL and either like had right. just quit or was about to quit. You know, he was it was closer to the because he was becoming like a big shit movie star, you know, right. by this point or, or he, where the writing was kind of on the wall that like he was getting too big for SNL. Certainly. So, but uh, but by my recollection, this movie wasn't like a second city, you know, bonanza. It was sort of like he was kind of the main second city comedian there. And then everyone else was honestly more. I don't know if they were professionally comedian actors they're more like actor actors which yeah. is why i think he kind of works well i'm trying to think all i can remember is like donald sutherland is like the dean right correct well he's yeah. not the dean donald sutherland is a teacher okay who of course is like smoking dope with them and, and okay. having sex with one of the girls well, I did, he remember i remember at one point and only because they brought it back in like wet hot american summer or something like that at one point he's like wearing a sweater and then he like turns around lifts up his arms and he's like bottomless or whatever so you can see his <laughs> ass or whatnot Correct. Okay. Correct. That was not in the version, the TV version okay. I saw, but yes, that is, that is in the movie. Right. Um, yeah, so there's Sutherland, Belushi, Kevin Bacon, obviously, but who else? Yeah, I, mean, I, I believe it's Kevin Bacon's first movie, and he's a very minor role. It's not like he's a major player. He's he's one of the bad guys at the like preppy fraternity who's also a freshman who's like joined them right but it's one of those like oh shit kevin bacon was in this that's crazy <laughs> that's like yeah um, he he was in animal house and friday the 13th what the fuck right the other sort of major players i remember are uh 
Karen Allen of Indiana Jones fame really is in this movie as wow. one of the girlfriends of of one of the characters. Uh, and so I, I as I had always I had seen Indiana Jones before I saw Animal House. So I was like, oh, it's the <laughs> it's the girlfriend from Indiana Jones. Crazy. Um, and then there's just a ton of other. Is it Tim Matheson is one of the guys? Oh, I don't the, know. The, the sort of Animal House people. Um, there's a guy named the guy who plays D-Day is in a lot of dramatic movies later. I think he's in The Insider as a lawyer. and <laughs> Just kind of. Oh, is he that guy? That sort of that I've, oh, yes. I think I know who you're talking about. But yeah. he's the guy so in The Insider who's like, get that smirk off your face. Yes, yes. He has a okay. big like Oscar clip scene in The Insider. <laughs> he, yes. he plays D-Day in Animal House, which is essentially like th- that version of uh, Silent Bob or something. Like He doesn't right. have a single line in the movie. Or if he does, it's it's like very minor. Um, the other the other kind of major person I remember is uh, Niedermeyer, mm. the head of the rival fraternity, had a stint many years later as uh, the main villain of Buffy season one. Oh, he was the, the master? master. Oh, the master. Yeah. Okay. So the master is in Animal House as as the head of the the rival fraternity. Interesting. And then I don't remember his name, but the dean is definitely a, an actor you'll probably recognize. Or I don't, he doesn't come across in my mind. But one of one of the I remember his scenes probably the best because he's very funny. He's the one that is is sort of lecturing them and has this whole line about like double secret probation and I, I don't know if you remember this or he there's a there's a i won't give away all the jokes but there's a there's a moment where he looks to john belushi and he's giving everyone's gpa mm-hmm. and he's like he's just like oh man a point two you should be embarrassed and da, 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 da. and then he says like blutowski zero point zero <laughs> it's like <laughs> So I'll, I'll never forget that because it's just like his, his GPA was like as bad as it could possibly be. Right. Like he it was been nothing. To a single class. <laughs> the other thing I should mention, and, and it's part of the reason I wanted to bring it to the holdup. I don't know if this is a theme with me lately. It's like taking beloved things in my past and then bringing them to the modern era and see how they do. I have this sneaking suspicion that Animal House is going to play a lot differently. Yeah. Now. Than it did in the eighties or nineties. Like yeah. there's just I, my memory is this. It's like rampant, you know, sex stuff, rampant, you know, uh, just misogyny, right? Rampant like racism. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure homophobia is in there somewhere. Like this is just casually like probably throughout most of the movie. Yeah, you know, actually another movie I was thinking of that has. I, I haven't even seen it lately, and I'm, I'm afraid to watch it again because it was one of those that I enjoyed in the 80s, and now it's just like, ooh, it makes my skin crawl to even think about watching it. But Revenge of the Nerds, another collegiate oh, yeah. comedy where... But even that, I mean, I don't even know if Animal House can top that one because that one's got like a dude has sex with a woman masked and she thinks she's having sex with her boyfriend. And it's like, yeah. Ooh. so that's just rape is what that is. <laughs> I know. Revenge of the Nerds is one that I finally got around to in high school and I didn't like the first time I saw it. Right. I was just like, ah, this is not funny. But I'm curious, Nelson, since it's been a really, really long time, like what do you remember about Animal House specifically, like scenes or moments or anything? Um, well, I remembered uh, Bluto's big moment where he like puts shit in his mouth and then you know punches both sides of his face and spits it all out and then like looks at everybody and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm a zit." 
For some reason, I remember that, probably because they play it for every Animal House. Uh, remember Animal House? Remember John Belushi? It's too bad he died, huh? <laughs> Isn't he funny? And they just play that over and over again. Um, but just no, I don't... Just joke. Yeah, I just remember little jokes and things like that. I was... I. I I want to say that I watched it again in, uh, you know, the 20 years ago that I watched it was because I was going to be working with Landis and I was like, oh, I need to go back and, and look at his movies again. And sure. that, that may be why I watched it. I, I was a huge fan of American Werewolf in London uh, and a couple other Landis films. So I was like, you know, I haven't really watched Animal House a whole lot. So let me see if I uh, care. And then I watched it. And I was like, eh, time and place. And I missed it basically is that's what i fair. remember that's, thinking that's probably fair i suspect this movie is going to be one of those things where you're going to feel deja vu watching it in about like three to five seconds before each joke you're gonna be like oh right, right. like and it'll sort of come to you we'll see but uh, in terms of landis and his other movies i agree american werewolf in london is probably a superior movie because because animal house is just pure comedy like it, there is nothing else it is a comedy film end of story Right. Uh, very kind of in the spirit, not as zany as like Kentucky Fried Movie or something like that, which is uh, his first movie. Right. But definitely in the same vein of just like yucking and joking. <laughs> right. And and American Werewolf is sort of like, let's let's ha- take a funny thing and actually make a serious, like cool horror movie. Right. So it's obviously better. But that being said, I like this is what I really want to check out. I have memories of Animal House being gut-bustingly funny like just just like incredibly funny right and i i am i have this sort of hope that the pure quality humor of it is going to sort of rise above what is likely the very questionable nature <laughs> of it, or the things that we're gonna go oh man i don't know about that like oh really because i remember i mean i won't i won't spoil them for you so you can feel them authentically as we watch it but I can think of no less than five or six moments that I'm like, oh, that's that's not going to play well at all. <laughs> like, at all. Like, right. Yeah. And one's like right near the top. And oh, you'll know good. when we get to it. You right. Know. Well, oh, the funny no. thing, it's, you know, it's interesting to watch movies this far divorced. Like, because when I watched it the last time, you know, it was like. I don't know what 20 years away from the first time it came out uh, approximately and I probably looked right. at it and you know I'm in my 20s or 30s and I look at it and go eh okay time and place it, it doesn't really resonate with me it maybe resonates with me more now like I look at it and like since that time I've like learned a lot more about that era of SNL and that era of comedy and Lampoon and so I know all this other stuff that's kind of going on around it whereas before I was just watching it as a movie this time I might actually bring film knowledge to it so maybe that will affect my thinking right or that may just make things worse because I'm like, oh, really? Oh, come on, Although, Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's really interesting is even though I, I made fun of my parents for showing it to me when I was young, I actually think there is a lot about the movie and the humor of the movie that plays very well to a child. Oh, I'm sure. Like, it is very childish. There's these, I, these John Belushi's literally dressing like a pirate by the end of the movie. Right. And they, there's this whole kind of big to do at the end that is straight out of a kid's movie well i so, think a lot I, of these like you know the college movies like revenge of the nerds and you know a lot of the shit we're talking about i think those movies are directly aimed at like 10 and 12 year olds i you know older people <laughs> i think like get a kick out of them because they're like it's stupid humor and they're talking about right. wieners or whatever but it's like no those are aimed at 12 year olds because a 12 year old will think oh man a fart joke is the best but they'll also feel like they're seeing something they shouldn't 
Whereas like, you know, an 18 to 20 year old is like, eh, this is funny, but I can, you know, say this myself right. now. So it's almost like reverse Pixar. Like what Pixar <laughs> does is make children's movies that adults actually enjoy. Right. And these kind of movies are like adult movies that actually kids enjoy. Right. Which is basically every movie in the 80s. Horror, comedy, everything was aimed directly yes. at 12-year-old me. Well, there's literally like a 10-minute music video where that toga party I'm talking about, they literally do, I don't, you may remember this, they sing the song Shout. Right. For like a solid six minutes, it's basically a music video, and there's no joke, really. They're just having fun. Right. And I, for, but for in my brain, the song "Shout," which plays at every wedding I've ever been to in my life, <laughs> is is married to Animal House. Like that is right. that to me is that scene. I think the other thing you'll see in Animal House, which is undeniable, is it's one of those movies that spawned a million other movies <laughs> like oh yeah that i can they tell still for sure. make an animal house movie i mean oh, between yeah. like old school van wilder i mean take your fucking pick this this is sort of in that same zone as die hard where it's right. just like well we're just gonna make this fucking movie till the end of time now right like it became its own genre it did the genre didn't exist and with this movie right. it became its own genre yes frat movie comedy yes is 100 just animal house yeah exactly all right well before we go watch the granddaddy of fraternity movies uh john do you think animal house is going to hold up oh man the million dollar question <laughs> well i i have very little doubt that i will still find it very funny so i'm not so worried about that um i also have very little doubt that i will find some of it very questionable <laughs> but i think i you know there is in that same kind of i don't know gone with the wind vein or where we teeter back and forth i think there is some like time and place stuff and obviously this movie wouldn't get made now right. in today's environment you know you kind of have to give it some like way back machine lenses <laughs> right you know, kind of forgive it some so so i don't know i i hope and i pray and i'm going to suspect that it will hold up okay um yeah i i feel the teetering thing i kind of feel like that myself but i think i'm going to teeter on the other side of won't hold up and not you know necessarily like oh my god this is a pile of shit and unfunny how did anybody ever like it but it's gonna probably just be like eh, didn't age well, well it, i it missed sounds my like shot it didn't really do it for you the first time right, well, so right. you're more just banking on like how you felt the first time. right different expectations but i'm also thinking because you said time and place and you know environment and i'm like the environment for this could not be worse <laughs> i mean or better maybe it's just like oh remember right. happier times Dude, when we could laugh about it, misogyny yeah. honestly uh, it might get that covid shine where it's just right? like i've been dying to laugh at anything right let's go uh, one would hope uh, but I'm going to fall down on uh, doesn't hold up, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling strongly about it, and I'm hoping it convinces me otherwise. Fair enough. Because I like Landis, as I think I've said. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that we're ready to go back to school. Oh, wait, that's another movie. I think we're ready to go back to college. <laughs> uh, that's probably another movie. It's time to go back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go watch Animal House. This is Faber College in 1962. You know, 1962 had to be the best year of my life. I was a member of Delta Tau Chi. Oh, no. The Deltas. What a great bunch of guys. 
course, we had our problems. Find me a way to revoke Delta's charter. You're out. Finished at favor, expelled. I want you off this campus at 9 o'clock Monday morning. Let's go! National Lampoon's Animal House. Starring John Belushi. And Donald Sutherland as Jennings. Now, was Milton saying being bad is more fun than being good? National Lampoon's Animal House. How you holding up, John? How you um, doing? I'm a little tired. <laughs> Something little about that movie it's just... a long movie. That wore me out a little bit. <laughs> I have to. What was not it? A, now was this, it the uh, blatant like racism <laughs> or the the just never ending misogyny? I mean, what what was really um, doing it for you? There? You know, there was a lot of that. There were some laughs too, but I don't know. There's something about that movie that it's just so chaotic. After a while, I don't know. It 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 just sort of kept punching and punching and punching. And after sure. a while, it's just like, Oh my God. Well, it's a very, very, very manic movie. Like yes. there's not even, I mean, plots, a generous word. That's sort of a loose term. It's right. honestly just sort of like an onslaught of, of comedy, you know, right. so, which sometimes, I can see that being a little exhausting. Yeah. Sometimes that works in its favor that it's just like, well, you didn't like that. Well, another joke's coming. So just hold on a minute. Right. But I mean, like you say, there's no story. There's nothing really. There's no hero per se. I mean, I guess John Belushi <laughs> is sort of the guy they're hoping that you'll like because they've obviously hung the movie on him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I, hey, man, uh, you know, besides a couple of times I had to basically just sort of put my uh, ostrich head into the sand uh, <laughs> during a few moments of like, la, 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 I guess this is happening now. Um, I mean, specifically, just let, we'll just get them out of the way. Yeah, you know, let's, like all, let's call them all out. <laughs> let's just just before I start to you know uh, gush praise because I was having a grand time. Oh, he uh, was, folks. He was yeah. just hooting and hollering the whole time. But there, there was several. I mean, you know, as we suspected, there there's a lot of you know homophobic slurs, a lot of questioning people's manhoods. Uh, there's an entire sequence that I did remember and knew was going to be problematic, and boy was it, <laughs> when they, they go into an African-American nightclub to see the act that performed at their party, and everything about that whole scene is is so horribly dated and just really uh, offensive, and you know, it, <laughs> there, it, there is an aspect of it that's kind of humorous, but... Well, I think the fact that, like, they, you know, it's a bunch of lily white people, and they kind of wander in, and like... They're expecting like, hey, our good friend who played at the, you know, the party right. the other night, he'll love us. And then like the record <laughs> scratches when they come in yeah, the door. Everybody's staring at oh, them. Yeah. The, you know, the singer could not care less if they're there or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, no, the part that's yeah, like funny. you said, this. Yeah. The part that's still funny is he's like, Otis, my man. And Otis gives this long look like, who the fuck are you? Like, he clearly <laughs> has zero memory of this guy right so that part is really funny the part that's a little more questionable is african americans like brandishing switchblades and just black people being scary and, and right. like criminals and then be like can we dance with the old dates and stuff like that gets a little eh, you know and the punchline of the whole scene is the negroes took our women 
Yes. Thank, thank you for falling on the sword of stating the line, because <sighs> I, I wasn't sure if I even should say it. But yes, yeah. that was the joke of the scene. But I, I do, you know, it's obviously seen written by white people for white people to make them laugh in that situation. It's not a terribly, like, You know, though, I can scene. see, though, in that... Uh, in that era in the 70s i can see that being a crowd pleaser for any crowd honestly things being what they were so because it kind of i mean i mean ultimately it makes the the white dudes look like a bunch of dummies i think you're right i think it does help them that it's a joke at their expense more than it is you know the the people they're bumbling into but but for for a bit of context like my my mother in particular thought that was the most hilarious scene in the world (laughs) and she is someone who grew up as a white person and then had one of the first like integrated schools right and so sort of ha- it, 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 the movie set in the 60s and in the 60s there was this culture clash of like desegregation and culture sort of finding each other so there's a part in the movie like they're listening to you know otis day in the nights singing shout and that was something that was happening in the 60s was like white people enjoying black music right and that was sort of like a new thing so there's a section of the movie where it's very praised and really celebratory like there's almost no joke it's just like let's rock out to this awesome music and that's an experience that uh white people had in the 60s so they're sort of recreating it so these idiots like bumbling in they're gonna (laughs) love us yeah you know like she thought it was funny because she was laughing at the white people being idiots like it's a scene of white people being idiots so I, I think it's I think it's a comedy that made sense at the time yeah. for what the time it's portraying, but now is is terribly dated. Yeah, and probably would not play with a modern audience. At I mean, point. I feel like there's a lot of that kind of humor where it's like you know it's it's not you know very useful now, but you look at it in the context in which it was created, and you're like, you know what? I bet this was actually like subversive and actually felt like it was saying something a lot more than it would be saying now. There's a lot of like walls that have been broken down that now this seems like eh, right. that's not necessary anymore to make that joke or whatever. Right. So I mean, well, because well, the the universe in which that movie's taking place, they are essentially segregated. So. Right. That that that's a time that people remembered when this movie came out. That now is you know obviously people you know obviously uh, <laughs> racial inequality is still alive and well in the United States, but it's sort of like you know that that wall that segregation wall dropped now many decades ago. Whereas like at the time of this movie, it was still fairly recent. I was gonna say it was like less like than ten years recent. by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, also the you know the misogyny and <laughs> there was one point in the movie where like this dude was you know he took this girl out and he, who he met at the grocery store she works at the grocery store gets her drunk they're about to have sex and then she passes out and then i have totally forgotten this scene and then yeah. he gets the devil and the angel on his shoulder and a it's classic scene and i mean on the one hand it is funny because the devil's just like completely like fuck her dude just fuck her just <laughs> tear her up and the angel's like don't you do that and the weird thing about it is like the angel is successful so the scene only sort of saves itself by like, oh, well, at least this movie, what did you, you said something about like it had the fortitude or it had like the moral, you know, it had the upright moral stance. <laughs> like of, at least it had the decency to, to make right. the right decision once. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then later on, you find out the girl's 13 years old and it's just like, oh, yeah. But somehow that's played for like, ah, that's kind of OK, yeah. though. That's kind of funny that she's 13 and they're about to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, sir, yes. The, all of that stuff, of course, is questionable, but it's a movie that's basking and bathing in like taboos. So, yes. I mean, it's at a certain point, poking. you kind of just laugh it off. Yeah. It's just poking a bear and trying to get it to growl. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think as, as disgusting as it gets is when, uh, I forgot his name, but the, the main character, Otter, is his, Otter, yeah. uh, his animal house name. Uh, he he like goes to an all women's college to score them dates and has read an obituary in the newspaper right. and is like tricking these ladies at the college into going out with him because he he's pretending to be the dead woman's fiance. That whole thing is pretty scumbag. Yeah. There's, it's really well, there's a lot of scumbag type stuff. There's a lot of like, yeah, we're going to get girls drunk and then we'll, you know, uh, nail them when they're unconscious. It's going to be like a prank, except someone's going to really suffer for it. Isn't that <laughs> well, funny? Thankfully, I, I'm actually amazed we dodged the like consent bullet. Like it was it was touch and go right. with the angel devil. But I actually watched the movie and and about the only case of someone totally inebriated and deciding to have sex was the dean's wife. Right. Who's like 40 plus and, and is sort of forgivable. You know, she's doing this like Mrs. Robinson thing. But other than that, thankfully, there wasn't a lot of like, I mean, they talked about getting girls drunk and stuff, but I, I was relieved to see that was not happening a terrible amount in the movie. There you go. Virtue signaling again. Longino. Oh, yeah. Terrible liberal. My beta cuck ass. <laughs> you beta cuck <laughs> But anyway, so the, so the sort of like politically questionable things aside, which I think it is fair that we address, I was stunned to find that I was just like having a rip-roaring great time. Like, Yeah, you, you were know, having a, I, a, <laughs> a grand time. I was, I mean, I was having fun, but it was, I mean, that movie was, I mean, on the, generally speaking, I would say for me, that movie was sort of like harmless, but on the same, you know, on the same token, it's like, yeah, it's kind of harmless, but it's not like really ringing my bell either. You know what I mean? There's nothing like sure. way too offensive about it, but there's something about it that's like, eh, yeah, I can see why younger me like took a look at it and was like, I nah, I don't get it. I don't get why people well, are on about this. Sure. I mean, for me, it was almost an entirely nostalgic experience. Like I could tell <laughs> right. it was a movie that I had loved when I was young and was definitely sort of like re-feeling everything about it because i you know when i also realized it's not just a movie i enjoyed alone it's a movie that me and my whole f this sounds so fucked up but it's true <laughs> me and my whole family like watched this movie together and laughed about it and joked about scenes right and so there's just a lot of nostalgia baked into it of like i remember laughing with my family at this movie so right. i was felt like i was right back there and finding all the things i found funny funny again and just kind of laughing but it definitely like that's and I think you can understand anyone that's had this experience, a movie that you've seen like a hundred times mm -hmm. type movie. Yeah. You can sort of just fall back into that. Whereas like if this is a movie I'd seen once or twice, I, I probably wouldn't be like yucking it up. <laughs> so so there was something about the viewing experience of like laughing at how inappropriate it was at times was in and of itself kind of fun. Well, and I'm guessing that's where it got a lot of its juice was just inappropriate. It's like people go into it and it's like, oh, my God, it's, you know, older people. It's like it's subversive. And younger kids, it's like, I'm not supposed to be looking at boobs. You know, sure. So. <laughs> I well, can... Yeah, it's you're right. It totally it's insane because and on one hand we have a full like naked woman that that john belushi is is peeping tomming as she 
like puts her hand down to masturbate herself and he falls over <laughs> stunned. So that's obviously about as adult as it can get. Right. And then in the same breath, like Kevin Bacon is a cartoon flat man on a sidewalk who's been run over by people, like literally a cartoon. Right. It's just in no way real. Well, I think the whole movie, you said it a couple of times. I mean, this whole movie is just a cartoon. Oh, yeah. It's just no a, wonder I loved it as a kid. It is so goofy and silly. Yeah, it's a Warner Brothers like post-war cartoon is all that is. It's 100 you know, percent. You know, John Landis is not a director who has like a real signature style to him. This movie is so kind of like, I mean, I'm guessing budget had a lot to do with it, but it's just like wide shot. Like, close up, close up. And then every oh, once in yeah. a while, the camera would move, and it was almost jarring because you're like, oh, shit, camera movement. Oh, man. It's <laughs> a oh, real my movie God. also. Yeah. <laughs> There's a – like, there was one shot where, like, they're taking a test that, you know, they stole the answers for, but they stole the wrong answers, so – uh, you know, the guys with the wrong answers are like yucking it up in the classroom and the uh, the guys who know that they have the wrong answers are yucking it up. And it's just this long tracking shot across everybody taking the test. And Longino was the one that pointed it out. It's like, oh, that's a pretty good shot. And I was like, oh, yeah, it conveys information and tells a story within <laughs> the confines of its shot. Yeah. And, it's, and you begin to realize, oh, there's not a lot of like the camera telling the story. It's just a lot of like, oh, this is a sketch happening within yeah. you know, this camera. It's like an SNL sketch. It's like Brian De Palma meets Cheers somehow. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's a weird combo, but it, it happened. Yeah. Well, Nelson, as, as clearly it, it, it wasn't as successfully hilarious for you. I'm actually right. just curious. As a comedy, what, what for you worked, what didn't work? Are there specific jokes you remember really liking or ones falling flat? I'm just curious. Um, I think I like Belushi more this time around. I could see more of like, oh, I can see why people liked him. But he is the biggest cartoon of them all. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, if there, he, you could almost take all of his scenes out of context and have a perfectly fine short film about, hey, here's this guy at college named Bluto. You know what I mean? He's just sort of there to punctuate comedy and just be a, a, a dork basically i mean some of the like you know the donald sutherland and his ass sight gag was funny actually donald <laughs> sutherland was really donald funny Sutherland was really that that was one of the i think that held up some of the best of any of the scenes like yeah the whole, donald sutherland is the creepy smoking pot teacher right like, yeah he, he, he it was probably because he's an incredibly talented actor but right. he brought this sort of like gravitas to it that actually made it really funny yeah well and he also i <laughs> We talked about it. the first scene he's in, he's teaching a class and he just looks like blown out wasted. Like he just got off the set from Invasion of the Body Snatchers 78 or he whatever. He's like identical to Body Snatchers. I know. He just, and he's tired and warm, like he's been awake for three days. And yeah. I was just like, Jesus, that's a choice. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe he literally came off the set of his last movie. He's like, I'm so tired, but I need this money. Well,. My understanding is, I, you know, I've watched a lot of behind-the-scenes featurettes on the making oh, of wait, Animal wait. House and stuff. Let, let me guess. There were a lot of drugs. Yeah. Yeah, just a <laughs> bit. So I wouldn't even be, like, remotely surprised if Donald Sutherland was totally high as a fucking kite during that whole scene, as right. were basically everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the funniest part is John Belushi, 
who is known for his drug use, is the one who seems just sort of naturally high the whole time. Everybody else, you can look at right. him like, yeah, they're probably high, or yeah, they're probably on something. Belushi's just like, <laughs> just this happy-go-lucky fucking idiot. I do think there is an element of the chemistry of the cast in the movie that is born out of what is very clearly real-life partying. Like, right. there, there's something... I mean, I don't want... The movie's not like a documentary or something. I think that's a little extreme. But there's a sort of fun they're having that is captured in the movie that I, from my understanding they were most definitely partying all the time making this movie so so it's sort of they, they seem to really like each other they seem to actually be friendly everyone seems really fucking blasted you know right. and, and i think you get like there i'm actually really impressed still by by some of the party scenes particularly the shout number like I said, there's no joke there. Like there's right. no, it is there's like five solid sincere minutes of people just having a good time. Right. And it feels real to me. Like yeah. it doesn't feel put on or that they're full of shit. Like they seem to actually be having a blast. Well, and it obviously influenced like generations of people because you can't go to a wedding without shout playing and people imitating that entire dance yeah. from it's Animal like House. B for B. I'm, I guarantee you there are people that have never even seen Animal House that learn from their grandparents who taught their parents to do this scene. Right. Like, yeah. this is now just, it's like beyond the movie. It's just now actually happens at every wedding. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of things in there if we really picked it apart. It's like, yeah, this is the first time you've seen this there was one thing i read that this is like not only is this the beginning of the fraternity comedy or the college comedy or whatever this is also the beginning of the gross out comedy and i'm like ah yes that makes right. a lot of sense you know you got your american pies and whatever else coming you know you direct You're just slapping a dildo down on the right. table like, <laughs> the yeah. line is directly to this movie so i'm like yeah that actually makes a lot of sense and so yeah, there's a lot of masturbation humor a lot of like hand job stuff with with latex gloves on it's just like crazy shit it's weird because some of the jokes like that are just so like matter of fact it's like there's right. this like lover's lane where everybody is sort of like kissing <laughs> and get and then there's the same dude who's like i'm gonna get that dirty delta fraternity and his girlfriend every scene every you know they do this like two or three times she's jerking him off with like rubber gloves and he never seems to get you know <laughs> into the fun so to speak and that's the joke every time is she's just sitting there with her arm working the entire scene and the whole joke is Haha, she's jerking him off the whole time and on the one hand it's like i'm sure back then when you weren't seeing it every other comedy like you see it sort of now it's like oh my god what is she doing but on the other hand because it's so kind of i, I don't know subtle is not the word i'm looking for but there's a word where it's like they're not <laughs> right. they are not pulling focus to it like they would now it's just like it's happening right. in the background and you're just sort of supposed to be like wait what it's oddly like downplayed and then oddly becomes matter of fact like yeah yeah they're going out and she kind of jerks him off and he never gets there and haha <laughs> it's just well, I, well, it's interesting that it's punctuated by this ridiculous sight gag that to me is the most sort of kentucky fried movie the movie is like having this long drawn out boring scene and then just ripping off a latex glove like i guess i'm done jerking you off or <laughs> Or, or like when they kill the horse by accident in the dean's office and then he's having a meeting and then the most ridiculous, like four legs straight as an arrow up in the air, cartoon <laughs> right. dead horse. They would never, ever look like that. Right. Punctuated by this ripped, ripping up chainsaw as the guy's like trying to fit it through the door. It's so crazy. <laughs> they do that a lot, actually. I've noticed and now being an editor and being able to tell 
it's like every time they need it out of a scene, they would just hit it with the craziest thing in the world. And they're actually, for a movie that's so old, really succinct in the in the punch of it. Right. It's not like they hang on the that crazy shit for a long time. It's like they cut away really quickly. No, the, uh, kinda, the editing is actually pretty fast for that time and yeah. place. Yeah. It's just an incredibly long movie. Yeah, and that must have seemed just like zany pacing is like oh my god cutting away every three seconds what is this and now it's like if you're in right. it for three frames you're like oh my god well it just yeah. lends the movie like you said this sort of non-stop energy yes it, nothing is just dragging in a scene it's just cutting to people constantly i imagine i feel like the editor was fucking doing cocaine and like <laughs> just just grabbing random ends and throwing in reaction shots randomly and just like trying crazy shit i'm curious what are your thoughts about Boone and the Karen Allen character. I feel like they're fucking making another movie like The Graduate 2 or something like what? Yeah, they're kind of like this serious story going on. Well, there's kind of like two or three of those. There's like two or three like stories that they're like, if this was another movie, you would get about like, you know, 30% more out of all these stories. But there's like, it's just the like weird, you're just catching weird points in the story. Like, hey, me and Karen, you know, Karen Allen are going out. Oh, hey, Karen Allen is gone mysteriously. I wonder where she could be. Oh, shit. She's at Donald Sutherland's place and they're fucking. Hey, we're back together again. Yay. (laughs) Basically, that's the wet, hot American summer joke. It's like, right. You're getting like the tail end of somebody else's story. (laughs) Right. I do appreciate that it is truly an ensemble film. Like there is not a. Oh, my God. Tim Matheson seems to get like the most screen time. Like he's really featured a lot. Honestly, probably a little too much for my taste because he's definitely one of the more scummy characters. Well, yeah, but he's also presented as like sort of the 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 sane one of the bunch. He's you know, cuz Bluto is just off being Bluto and sure. you know D-Day is crazy and you know the other guy, you know, the pledges are useless cuz they're new. So you have to have one guy who's sort of in charge and but the guy who's in charge of the fraternity is kind of a dope. So yeah, you have to have the one guy who's like Hey, I know what's going on here. Well, he's the Chevy Chase like, van- uh, character, yeah, basically. Yes, exactly. It is like Caddyshack Chevy Chase, 100%. And that's basically the role that... But he hadn't figured out the Chevy Chase thing, which is like he's almost too engaged in the story. Like Chevy Chase would be the, almost like uh, Bill Murray. He'd be like almost in the movie but not quite right <laughs> right you're right like tim matheson is fully committed to the reality therefore he's kind of a scumbag right but you're you're totally right like a like a chevy chase or a bill murray would just be like eh, this fucking movie right it would be like yeah it would be a totally different quality of performance that's yeah. a good point i mean they they accept that the mo- the reality around them is real but they are barely engaged in it that's a great point because i think for me tim matheson is no better or worse than the enemy fraternity like <laughs> right he just seems like an asshole you know yeah well and that, i get it he's supposed to be our asshole but like i don't know i i i didn't like him very much yeah well and i don't know that you're i mean i guess you're supposed to because he's you know sticking it to the enemy fraternity who again the the only thing that makes them worse is that they're just you know personality less there's zero personality to them but by the yeah. way that joke of the two fraternities is still fucking hilarious like to, to have to show like delta house doing their pledging and they're wearing a stupid you know hat and they're, <laughs> right. it's all just laughs and fun and partying and then to do this like track over to the other 
fraternity house and it's full like he's a morning <laughs> it's like full druish like ritualistic yeah, eyes wide eyes shut, wide shut. shut. <laughs> like, yeah. thank you sir may i have another like that is actually so like him getting paddled kevin bacon getting paddled in the ass like yeah that's funny but just like the sadism of it yes niedermeyer the master from buffy just looking like pure evil as he's like hitting him and loving every second of it like it was actually really well done yes that was a funny joke i mean there were some uh, there were a lot of like there would be individual jokes and you'd be like okay yeah obviously they know what they're doing here but you know but then they'd be surrounded by these other like you know kind of goofy gags or what you know it's again they're just going for like the well if we can't get you with the funny gag we're going to get you with the gross gag if we can't get you with the gross gag then we're going to stick you know a dildo in your face or whatever you know i mean for sure to me the evergreen joke and the best thing in the entire movie will always be john belushi as bluto walking down the stairs as this fucking simon and garfunkel guy has an acoustic <laughs> guitar on it. and you you know why it's funny because it's so true you've been at some college party and some assholes like playing a good acoustic guitar and like holding court like it's the fucking ren fair and he's like i gave my love a chicken and like <laughs> for him to just stop at a dime pick up the guitar and just bash it to shit like all over the wall that's my favorite joke in the whole movie that was funny funny. yes well because everybody wanted to do it at that point yeah Uh, that's i to me the best jokes are the ones that are like ring kind of true to life right i think there's a lot of that like i so i didn't have this entire college experience that i wasn't in a fraternity i'm not a a, like a drinker at all so like there's a lot (laughs) i can't relate to but i feel like a lot of people when this came out, did a lot of like, oh, I've been there. I did right. that. I, I mean, obviously, it's heightened and kind of crazy, but it's almost like they took a whiteboard and just wrote down like, all right, what's all what's some funny thing that happened to you in college? Let's let's do them all pranks, drinking, well, I, toga party, you know, whatever. I think I mean, it, it wouldn't be too far from the truth. I think the way that they this movie came about, I think was there was a couple of the dudes who wrote the script and they would write stories for the lampoon and it would just be like, okay, we're back to the Delta story. And it would just be like these. Oh, so the Delta house was like in the magazine. I think it was a recurring story, you know, like vacation was a recurring story in the, in the national. Lampoon. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Oh, you didn't know that. Yeah. That's where, um, uh, uh, John Hughes came from. He wrote the vacation stories in the National Lampoon. Oh, crazy! And then they bought them, and that's how he got out to Hollywood because he wrote the the. That makes the sense because vac- vacation's just a like a runner of like random funny events. So right. that, that actually makes. And this movie's identical to that. It's just, right. There's some random shit. Like, so I think what they did is they just took the the best of the stories, and then you know, like you say, that makes sense. Just got the whiteboard out and said, okay, what did, what did the stories right. miss? What are we left with? So, like, Road Trip would have been a story in right. the magazine. Exactly. And like, oh, here it is. Here's the Road Trip segment of the movie. Like, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, this is definitely... This movie has, like... The only through line is, we're going to get that fraternity, but they take their fucking sweet time doing it because, like, one second it's like, oh, we're pledging. It's the beginning of the school year, and they're like, we're going to get them. And then suddenly it's like, what, November or October or something? <laughs> and it's like, what? They didn't do anything for two months that you could have gotten them for? That seems like a lot of time is Yeah, passed. they seem fairly easy to... Uh, expel like i don't know why it would take any time at all i mean here's the thing i will give the movie points for and i had forgotten this completely i knew that there was sort of the we're gonna get that fraternity element um i had forgotten that they succeed they expel them they lose and their whole thing is like well we can't get back in so we're just gonna cause chaos 
I, I love that shit. I think it's one of the best parts of the movie. It ha- You know, one of the hardest things to do is is end or land one of these comedies in some kind of finish. Yeah. And to me, this has this sort of blazing saddles level of just like escalation of insanity. Right. There, there, there is no real resolution. It just ends in like utter fucking anarchy, which yes. I think is great. Well, I think the anarchy is, I mean, the movie has been anarchy to this point and it doesn't like leave the trail. It's just like, eh. We got this far using anarchy. Let's go a little yeah. bit further than I guess. It's just piracy and terrorism. Like, let's go. <laughs> right. So that is one of those things about the movie that I'm like, oh, it's it's embracing its own bullshit. It's not like by the end, it's like, oh, the here. I mean, the only part of that 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 follows that formula is the Karen Allen, whatever his name is, uh, when they get back together Boone. for Boone. Yeah, Boone and Karen Allen. They get back together for no reason. Like they just see each other and they're like, but hey, then let's they get undercut together. it immediately. And because they do these little PS titles right. for like where everyone ended up. And it, for them, it says like married 1962, divorced 1969 or whatever. Yeah. So they, they even throw that right under the bus. OK, John Longino, time has come. Let's uh, let's pony up. All Did right. Animal House hold up for you, John Longino? Oh, let me let me talk to the devil and angel on my shoulder and, and get a check in here. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it held up. Questionable at all. Like <laughs> to me, like there's definitely stuff I was like, hey. <laughs> um, but I, oddly enough, that in and of itself became kind of funny, and so mm-hmm. uh, that to me held up. Uh, and then I, you know, I just I had a blast. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I had a lot of fun watching the movie. For me, it absolutely held up. All right. Um. You know, I can see. I, I, I honestly, I don't feel like so strongly one way or the other that I give a shit. But I, I can see like saying, <laughs> eh, "Sure, holds up. Why not?" I like Landis. I had fun tonight, and you know, I didn't fall asleep or nothing. So yeah, sure. I mean, there's again, there's a lot of stuff I admire. That, well, there's a lot of stuff I admire. There's a lot of stuff I'm like, eh, I don't give a shit. But like, you know, it was fun. It was well, fun to watch. It, it why sounds not? like for you, this will always be sort of an overrated movie, which well, I, which I could sure. actually see a lot of people having that experience i'd actually love if any listeners you know have never seen animal house or maybe it's been a long time please let us know like i'm so in the weeds like to me it's still funny if you if you watch and you're like the fuck was john this <laughs> piece of shit please email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts on animal house. yeah unload on this motherfucker let him know I his need, place yeah I need some grounding. I need. To, I had way too good a time. Like I feel like almost criminal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We're gonna we're gonna take a, another hard right turn in this time of quarantine for next month. Uh, if we're still in quarantine, who can tell? We're doing a, a sword and sorcery. We haven't done one of these in a while since like Legend or something like that. I think we're gonna do a, a listener request. My brother sent in years ago a list of movies, and I think we're gonna pluck one from it. Excalibur, John Borman's Excalibur. Uh, But in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, like John said, you can write us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. You can go to holduppodcast.com and see all the links to all of our various social medias. And until next time, John. Nobody move. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt.